Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. It's all me. We are back with the Hit Factor, and we have a special guest tonight, one that many of you are familiar with. Mr. Matt Hopkins, uh, formerly of CZ fame. Although, is that a CZ shirt that I am seeing? I wear it all the time, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to move them, the screen up a little bit, but... Oh, but I called him It doesn't out. matter now. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, now working with uh, FN. Uh, yep. do, y'all, do, y'all, do you prefer FN or Fabrique Nationale? It's FN. Oh, it is like they don't even go. They don't even use the Fabrique Nationale anymore. No, well, I think it's officially called FN America, but yeah, they don't use the full word. No. See, like if I was at like, I like if you were like dating a new girl or something, and you were at like their her like parents' house, meeting the parents, and they're like, "Who do you work for?" I would totally be like, I wouldn't say FN USA. I'd be like, (laughs) Fabrique Nationale. It's no one would know what it is though. Either way, it's European. Honestly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So okay, so FN USA. Um, we don't see a lot of those in our sport uh, with people Correct. competing in them, um, but they do have guns that fit fairly well into production and carry optics, right? Yeah, they do. They're not. They're not set up as as like the other manufacturers do that kind of make guns specially for it. Yeah. So, I mean, so their approach is really like, Hey, we have these guns that we think the North, like the mass market will like, and if you want to use them to compete, you can, but we're not going to make a gun specifically for competition. At least right now, they're not doing that. Correct. Okay, cool. I always thought FN made good products. Uh, so I'm sure their I'm sure their stuff is still good. I haven't been around them too much. They still have the. Uh, were they the ones that were making the scar? Yep, they make the scar. The PS ninety. They got. They got all kinds of AR fifteens. They have, the two forty, the two forty nine, the Mark forty six, Mark forty eight for the military M four M sixteen contract. So, a lot of a lot of it's military. Okay, so that you guys are doing a, a lot of military stuff then. Yeah, and that's that's all I'm working on right now. I'm purely a military person. Like that's all I'm purchasing for. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So did you? I mean, did CZ have any military contracts? No, none in the U.S. No. Okay, so this is. I mean, you're kind of in a new new territory for you a little bit. Uh. Like the contract wise, it's a little new and everything, but what I'm doing is what I've been doing for a long time. So, oh, okay. Yeah. The timing of it and stuff. And uh, that's pretty much the only new thing that I have. Okay. And now you're, you're now living in where? Columbia, South Carolina. Columbia, nice. South Carolina. Okay. Um, so, like, 
I don't I mean I know that Kansas City like thinks that they have like good barbecue. Like they're <laughs> they're at least like they're at least like you hear Kansas City and you think, okay, they're gonna have some decent barbecue around there. You don't yeah. hear oh, Columbia, yeah. South Carolina and think, Oh, they're like the home of barbecue here. So like are no. you like missing uh like what do you miss from Kansas City? Other than your homeboy Jared, who couldn't make it, I think he was out scaring kids tonight. He didn't have to wear a costume or nothing. He's just out scaring kids <laughs> for Halloween. Just walking around. Yeah, just walking around growling nice. at kids is what I think Jared's doing. But so what? So what? Other than missing Jared, like, what is it? Like, what do you miss from Kansas City being in Columbia? Well, it's my hometown. It's where I grew up in, went to school, and everything. So that's that's the biggest thing I miss, right? Everything that yeah. is associated with that. Um, they're still shooting out here. Um, people from work. I know, I know several people from, from the area that knew me from other podcasts and stuff. So there's several people that knew me out here. They just, I didn't really know them and just still kind of getting used to the people around and everything like that. So, yeah. So, I mean, Kansas city has a pretty big shooting scene is, is Columbus, Columbus, right? Not Columbia, Columbia. With it is Columbia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Columbia. It, does it have like, is it a similar shooting scene there or no? Uh, it's pretty similar. Yeah. I've only done USPSA stuff uh, since I've been here and yeah. I haven't branched out to anything else. It's just not what I'm concentrating on right now. So they have steel challenge matches and I think two gun and three gun and stuff like that. Okay. They actually have quite PSA is right here also in Columbia. They have a huge AK base and they have like AK specific matches that fill up like every weekend or like at least once a month, I think. So, oh wow, that yeah. could be fun. I don't own an AK, so I don't know, but I mean, I'm sure it's fun. I don't either, but like that would it seems like taking like a stamped metal gun and like trying to make it like function and like do well could be. I mean, that sounds like it's perfect for Jeff Cotton, like, <laughs> like. Like if we can make something, if you're gonna like stick weld on a gun, like I mean <laughs> right, he did it. Yeah. If you do it to a nineteen eleven, then an AK just like it's like made for that. Yeah, that's some Mad Max shit right there. Yeah. All right, so we sure. really have Hopkins. One, we haven't had Hopkins on in a while, but we really uh, wanted to have Hopkins on because he is going to the world shoot, and I mean you guys are only like. Is it less than three weeks from Hammer Down? Uh, it's probably so. Hammer Down is three weeks from Sunday. Okay. So probably so, a couple days after this will air. Yeah. It'll be exactly three weeks. I'm flying out three weeks from Thursday. Okay. So yeah, I try. I'm gonna travel on the worst day to travel ever. Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's gonna be <laughs> quite an experience. That was, you know, when I was looking at going to this match two years ago when it was originally, it was like, do you fly, like, do I want to fly on Thanksgiving? Uh, do I actually? The only thing I can make work with my limited time off I have since I kind of moved in the middle of the year. Yeah. So I don't, I didn't, didn't have a full year of time off. So I have to, I had to use some for area three because I had said I was going to do that and still kept it and still match direct and did all the setup on that. Um, took time off for uh, Kansas state 
uh, volunteered to still do that. So I'd take time off for that, even though I moved out here just to finish that off. So I have only five days left and I'm taking exactly five days off. So. And you got to get to Thailand and shoot a six day match, uh, and get back from Thailand with those five days. Yeah. Luckily Thanksgiving and black Friday, we had off. So I got two free days out of it. So. Right. Nice. Damn. So I'm, I'm, I got nine days to leave here, go to Thailand, shoot a match, then make it back home. Let's hope you don't get uh, quarantined over in the third world country over there. That's what I don't understand. Everybody is so worried about the vaccine and everything. Literally, we could pay people off here in the U.S. with like $100 cash and they'll give us a negative COVID test. You think the third world country of Thailand you wouldn't be able to pay people <laughs> off and get a negative test. That's, I mean, you bring up a good point. Uh, I was I, never once worried about that. No, I, never <laughs> once. The U.S. That, dollar is still so good over there. You could. That's true. You go to some hole in the wall doctor that you can go buy whatever prescription drugs you want. He's gonna give you a negative COVID test for whatever amount of cash <laughs> you're willing to get to get out of the country. It was never once a concern with me, and I can't believe no one else thought of this. Do you? I don't. What language do they speak there? Uh, it's called Google Translate. They speak whatever language. <laughs> the language is universal now. That's, exactly. I guess yeah. So. I guess so. uh, that you know that I mean the getting back into the U.S. was a, a slight concern for me, but it was more the uh, I at the time like six months ago there was a deal where you went over there and like there were questions of whether you would get quarantined for like two weeks in country. Yeah, uh, that was a concern earlier be. this year. Um, I think it was still worth the risk of saying to go and everything. Um, and I heard people talking like. Angus had brought it up a bunch where they had already started to relax their restrictions kind of progressively. And I think by this summer they took all the restrictions off and that was their, the plan they put in place. So they were like, okay, we're going to phase this out in different phases. So they're like, okay, we're at this phase now. And then by the summertime, or I think September, it fully lifted on everything. Yeah. But I did only purchase, like I purchased a plane ticket after some certain people guaranteed I would still be able to compete. There you go. That's... Um, and then I purchased hotel after all the restrictions were up. And so I, I did it in steps. So if I was exposed or couldn't go, it would only be a limited amount of money I lost. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, okay. So before we get too far in the world shoot, like we haven't had you on till area three, uh, yeah, was like it was a good match. It went off well, uh, as far as, as far as I remember. Stages were good. Uh, it wasn't. We, I was disappointed in that there were no cars. Like I wanted to, I wanted to shoot through a car. You wanted to shoot through that, a car. I wanted to shoot through a car again. I didn't have that. Well, I always said I wasn't going to put any of that stuff in the match. Yeah, I know. I I never said once that I was going to do that. I actually said the opposite that I'm not going to do any of that stuff. So if people still expected to like shoot through cars or 
run three miles to shoot one target or something <laughs> like that. That was never going to happen. I was never going to do that. Yeah, no, I, I, like, I didn't expect to have like the huge, like the, the huge running. I was just, I was just hopeful there was going to be a car because I always liked shooting through cars. <laughs> they still and have them all there. I saw where they're all at. They have a whole. They're still parked out there. Yeah, it's like the range stuff. They have like big fenced in areas where they just put all the props. They had props oh. from every year I've shot that match there. They're still there. So they were in, they were in differing levels of like able to be used, but they're there. Yeah. So like you could literally go in and have a Sherwin's Revenge match and just bring out like props from like every year for the like the past ten years. You could bring out every single prop. It's still there. I think oh they still God. have the helicopter and everything. Whoa, wow. That's crazy. If someone wanted to, like I would not shoot that match, but Yeah, no, I would not I would not <laughs> want to I would not want to shoot that as an airy match uh, or or shoot that match uh period. So Yeah, maybe maybe uh, not as an area match, but I would shoot the match. Like if someone just did the match not as an area. You drive match, from Oklahoma up there? Jeff would. It's not that far. It's like what seven or nine hours, whatever, something like that. You go if Jeremy went, or you go by yourself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not that far if you're not driving. <laughs> I mean, if, if Jeremy was driving, I would go for sure. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice. So okay, so uh, like, you're. I mean, obviously, you're not Area Three director anymore, so you don't have to like put that on again uh like how was your experience as match director uh like how do you feel like the match went uh like what things did you like and like if you could do it again like what would you try to do differently i wrote down a bunch of stuff uh i have all the results from the survey that i sent out afterward i passed those on to uh the rm the current Area 3 director, I pass it on to the candidates that are up for Area 3 election also, so they have that. Mm-hmm. I passed all the financial info on to them also. Uh, so all that went out to everybody. Uh, the big things I would do, I would get a couple more stage designers to bring in because a couple of the stages, the two like L-shaped stages that were around 20-ish rounds, 18 to 22 rounds or something, mm-hmm. those were pretty duplicated. Like They looked basically the exact same stage. Yeah. I would have I would have tried to look at that and made sure and delete all the the same stages that were there. Um I would get someone to do like specific tasks. Like if someone I would put like I would want to request someone in charge of all the staff. They're in charge of coordinating the staff, making sure they're there. Uh, getting all the info, like getting them registered, getting the shirt sizes, all that stuff, uh, and making sure we had enough. We were short on staff. We only had basically two per stage. The double bays were doubled up, so there was four there. Uh, but we were short on staff. We just didn't have the staff that we needed to have there. Yeah. that That's a big one. I'd have someone do specifically do prize table. Like I could – I would help email people and stuff like that, but I would not want to organize or have anything to do with it once it's on the ground. You literally cannot make anybody like someone's going to be mad no matter what. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably go to real awards, like real plaques. There, I got a lot of feedback on that. Uh, not everybody liked the little jug, water jugs or anything like that. So those are probably oh, the really? biggest things I would take away from it. 
Okay. I mean, that was like that was was my yeah. the one my one uh, critique. Like all the stages by themselves were there weren't any bad stages by themselves, but that there were presented like a very similar shooting challenge across several different across several different stages. So there could have yep. been a little bit. I thought there could have been a little more variety uh, from that standpoint. But again, uh, for first time running a match, that was your first time as MD, right? That's my first time as MD, anything over a level one. Yeah. 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 So uh, fantastic job. It does, it does, as far as my personal opinion, like it does somewhat prove that um, the guys who compete at higher levels in this sport, like, uh, they understand the sport better than than guys. Oftentimes, they understand the sport better than guys who don't, and uh, they're very valuable as far as putting a match on. Um, well, I've seen a lot of matches, and what what's good and what's bad, and what mm-hmm. what's to duplicate. It's it's if you sit down and honestly look at it, there's only a certain number of things that have to be done before the match, in certain time frames. Like you got to get your RM figured out. You got to get your setup crew figured out. You got to start working on the prizes like eight months, 12 months before the match. You got to get the stages kind of vetted six to nine months before the match and get those submitted for approval. Uh, you have to start arranging, getting staff there. And, and then like at some point that stuff's done and then you kind of have a low period and then you have like three months and into the match, you have a whole nother set of things to do. And then once you get on the ground, there's other stuff that you couldn't do any time before you're actually physically there. So you probably don't have this, but uh, how many hours did you think you had into um, that match? Overall, like if I was going to just throw a number. Yeah. Let's say... From when I learned I was Area 3 director last year, I'd say for that whole year, it was basically a year. From when I learned, I learned the Monday after Area 3 of 2021 okay. that I was going to be Area director. So that's when I started planning yeah, and talking to Hornady and the range and trying to figure out RM and stuff like that. So basically, I'd say I probably averaged 10 hours a week for a year. Some weeks there was none and some there was... 20 or 30, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Going in like the last month, like let's say four weeks out, I think I probably spent 40 hours, 40, 40, and then probably like 20. And then I was like a week before the match and I left, I was like, fuck it. I'm not doing nothing else. I'm going to do it when I get there. And I just stopped doing anything because there's not, there's what, what can you do at that point? Right. Yeah. You just got to deal with it on the ground. And that's what I did. So that last month, I probably spent 100 hours on the match, the four weeks before the match. Yeah. I mean, so like, I mean, like, I, I do think that is like, I mean, I can be very critical of MDs uh, and guys putting on matches and, and that sort of stuff. And, and I, I think there should be room to be able to be critical for that. I don't think that's always 100%. I agree. Um, but we also do like, like, to put on a quality match, like you guys just heard, like we're not talking just a 40 hour, a couple, a couple of weeks. You're talking 
five, 600 hours worth of, of prep, um, going into just putting it on. And other than I, I assume Matt probably didn't get the invitation for all of the bougie board parties, uh, that were going on. So he didn't get, he didn't quite get that same payout that maybe some of our other board members. are. Getting. I did have, I mean, we did have a meal, a really nice meal at the in-person meeting. That was way more than what I would spend on to feed myself. <laughs> well, at least you got that perk, you know? Uh, yeah. That's one meal good. for a couple but hundred other, hours worth of work. Yeah. Otherwise not, uh, no payment. <laughs> um, and so like, like that is, that is something to at least take into into consideration. So, thank you for that. And and doing that even after you weren't area three director, right? You could have just kind of. Well, I wanted oh, to do I'm it. I, I said I was going to do it. I wanted to. I wanted to finish it out. Yeah, it's pretty like. I got through it. I know how to do it. I could do it again if I wanted to or needed to. If uh, a match ever comes up, I'm helping with a couple of matches next year. Um, yeah. I helped with the stages and the sponsorship stuff for South Carolina section match. And I'm and basically in charge or taking over the stage, like designing and looking at the overall aspect of area six and the stage setup. So cool. Uh, I know the entry fee has got some talk about it, but I have nothing to do with that. I'm going to make sure there's 12 really great stages on the ground. Awesome. I mean, yeah, I think you'll probably get uh, hit up for that after after the way Area Three went. I think you'll get hit up a lot for helping with matches. So, which is good. Uh, we need people with uh, who think like Matt, putting on good matches. Okay, so World Shoot. Um, yep. I mean, for me, like the biggest the biggest burning question. Like we know Nils is shooting standard, uh, and then. Yep. Do you know what Eric is officially signed up for at this point? I do, yeah. So Eric is officially signed up for production uh, production division shooting for the France team. Oh, he's even on the team. He's even on their team. Yep. Uh, no, he's not actually. I just saw that now. He's not on the team, but he's on the super squad, which is interesting. Yeah, they're not gonna. I don't think they're not gonna put him on the on that super squad, uh, which, I mean, that is interesting because, uh, like normally, normal years for the world shoot, you have your past, the last world shoot, the top three teams, correct. Those yep. countries make up the super squad. And then the host country also gets to put a team on yep. the super squad. That's correct. So in production, that's the Czech Republic, Italy, Sweden and the U.S. So they didn't even put the Philipp- uh the Thailand team on there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, I wonder if Thailand. I mean, surely they have a team. Um, you would think so. That's very fascinating. So then Eric is just a thirteenth member on that squad. Uh, he's the the sixteenth member. Czech only has three people on it. Oh, okay. So there's still 16 on that squad. Okay. And uh, who's shooting production for the Americans? So we have Mason Lane, Sal Luna, Matt Nash, and Casey Reed. Okay. That's going to be a uh, really, really solid team. 
Yeah. Um, because yeah. U.S. did not win production last time, correct? Am I remembering right? That's correct. Russia did, which is interesting. They don't have anybody shooting. Are they that shooting? I've seen. Is, is Russia, do they have anybody shooting the world shoot at all? Like is Maria shooting? No, not that I've seen, no. I mean, I'm kind of wondering if that's a little bit of a, I don't know if I'd want to be a Russian flying around the world with a gun at this point. Well, I think they're sanctioned. I think Ipsic kind of put said they can't shoot anything outside their country. And they can't shoot any level four or five, I think, outside the country representing Russia because they, because the whole Ukraine thing. I, yeah, I think you're right. I, I remember that now that you, now that you say that, I think you're right. Um, so that's interesting. So this is going to have maybe a little asterisk next to stuff. I mean, okay, so like that's that's like there's already a bit of an asterisk, right, on this world shoot. For sure, yeah. Because like, I, I mean, like the U.S. production team is is filled out and is is really solid, um, but there are there are a lot of people that did not attend this match um, just because all the COVID stuff, all of the other stuff, um, going to Thailand that. Well, the whole thing was, I think the biggest factor was nobody knew when the match was going to happen or like we talked about earlier, no one knew what restrictions were going to be in place. Like, can you afford to be there for two weeks before the match? That's going to affect people's attendance. Uh, Just from the last few world shoots I've been to um, or been in USPSA since, like all like. France and Greece were sold out, really, right? Mm-hmm. You couldn't get enough U.S. competitors to them. The U.S. one, that one doesn't count because it was here. Right. But I think Indonesia was in there also, right? Mm-hmm. It's been a while. That one didn't sell out. I guess there was there, – I've heard there was plenty of slots. Anybody in U.S. that wanted to go could have eventually gone. Hmm. Now, Thailand comes up and there's – there's a bunch of individual competitors or competitors that didn't actually qualify for the team or shoot like at least three matches that are still going. So it kind of just depends on where the location is. Obviously just in those four matches, Europe is more preferred than Asia right now for us competitors go to. Yeah. I mean, you know, I went to the one in France and there was never, I was never really super worried that like I would end up getting routed to a different airport or something. And then I'm going to end up in jail with some like for the rest of my life because I have guns. And like, there are some real concerns flying to that part of the country. Like you have to choose your flights very, very carefully um, and make sure that you don't get routed through China or, uh, other countries around there. There's definitely places you want to, you got to check off of the, the stopover when you're doing your search. Yeah. Like no matter where I'm going, like Amsterdam is always taken off just because you got to get an extra permit to go in there. Mm-hmm. So that one's always gone. Um, uh, Basically, it told us to go through South Korea. That's the easiest. Yeah. And that's, I think, where most people are going through. So I didn't even really look at anything. I just kind of like checked that one off and said, I want to go through there and just pick that one for my flight. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean that was to me that was one another kind of ticking the ticking the the I don't need to go. Uh, like he like Hopkins said, people may not be familiar with this. Up until only a couple months ago, like there was there was a law in Thailand that if you come as a foreigner, that you need to spend two weeks in quarantine. Uh, I don't, and I. I assume that was in your hotel or something. I don't know exactly where that was, but you had to spend two weeks in quarantine before you could be out in public. And Correct, so it yeah. was like, okay, if I want to shoot the world shoot, I got to be there two weeks ahead of time uh, before I can even shoot it. And then, and then there's all sorts of other stuff. Like if you got tested and you, you threw positive or something like that, um, would you get? Uh, yeah, they took that two week quarantine out. Then they're like, you got to test before you go to get on the plane. And then you got to test when you're in country. And if you pop positive, you have to stay there. and You have to get traveler's insurance to cover up to $10,000 worth of U.S. dollars in medical bills. So all that's been taken away. I think I still have to do a COVID test before I go. I need to probably figure that out, though. Yeah. Yeah, so there were, there were a lot of things that – to. It, it it looks like it looks like now like it's not going to be too bad uh, getting over there. It looks like it it should go off decently, um, but that was that's a fairly recent. Um, yeah, I think it was in September. So what, two months ago? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that has kind of come through. Um, so so yeah, so it's not going to be super well attended. Uh, although, I mean, you are going to have the Nils of the world are going to be there. Uh, Eric's going to be there not competing against Nils, but the fact that Eric's not on the production team makes me think that maybe somebody can link Eric to this podcast and he'll listen to it and decide to switch to standard because <laughs> I, I still contend that Eric, you're a sissy if you don't compete against Nils right now. Uh, cause he's the best shooter in the world right now. Um, Hey, I got a question on that, on on divisions and what people are shooting. If you're shooting like on a a country team, can at this point can you change divisions? I I don't know. Like, what are they going to say if you show up and you have a broken gun or something? Yeah. Now we've had to get permits and stuff, and was serialized and and that for the guns that we're bringing in, so it would be very challenging at this point to switch. So I don't know if it's possible, but maybe, and be yeah. Eric being Eric, he could probably do whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The teams are up to the, the, the country that's sending them to decide who is on the team. Yep. Um, and you can send four shooters, but they only take your top three scores. Yeah. So, so a, a country can compete with only three members on a team. Um, like, so in France, Robbie got really sick, uh, and did not, could not finish the match yet. We still won the classic division, um, with yeah. just three shooters. So I don't know why a person couldn't, if they decided, Hey, we want to, I don't want to actually shoot production or I don't want to shoot classic cause nobody's shooting classic. So I'm going to go shoot production cause that's what Eric's shooting. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to do that and that his country could still fill out a team. Uh, to compete, they and could. Be, yeah, they could. That would be up yeah. to that. That'd be up to that that country if they were okay with it. I would think. Yeah. So okay, so you are shooting um, production, production optics light. Optics light. Okay. Does the U.S. have a team, a full team for that? We do for that. Yeah. Okay. So who's on the team for that? 
So that is myself, Luke Cow. We have Rory Sangori, and then Max Michelle. Oh, okay. I thought Max was competing in the heavy, but okay. That's that's one of the changes that we've had so far. Oh, okay. Since the qualifiers and everything. Originally, he was on the heavy team. Uh-huh. And then when the actual teams came out and were published by USPSA, and now the Ipsic World Shoot match, that's changed. So, Okay. I don't know what gun he's shooting or if he's trying to shoot something new to get a title behind it or anything. Not sure. Yeah. I mean, I would assume that just a a plain 320 without the tungsten grip would probably fit that light category be my guess, but I don't know. Yeah, it should. Um, so yeah, Luke is obviously like, he's a great shooter. Um, Rory is Rory's my boy. Uh, he's from San Antonio, uh, shot a few matches with him, And I know that he's like, like he's good. He's from, he's Filipino. He has a wife that I can't remember if she has moved. His wife was still in the Philippines and he was a nurse here. And, and I and they have a kid, and I don't know if if she has made the move to the U.S. or not. But um, so he's kind of going back home a little bit uh, for him, and he's a good shooter. Uh, his movement is really good, and yeah. it's been a, it's been a while since I've shot with him, but I know that he's he's been sending me questions, some a few questions and stuff, and uh, I know he's wanting to be trained up as as much as possible. He is, yeah. He's. Uh, I think it took some off time during COVID and all that. But he seems to be back shooting and everything. There is a Brazil has a team and the the Philippines will have a team there, so okay. that'll actually award a team award for that. Awesome, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I've I've cool. heard that this is the only year for this division. They're going to get rid of it, and make one production optics. I can't say that that's not a bad idea. Just based on participation. Ipsic right. actually will smoke a division if it doesn't make sense, unlike USPSA. Yeah. So no, what uh, oh I guess they smoked what was that one? Modified that they modified, used to have? yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's I mean that makes sense. Like having two of basically the same division with nothing but a weight discrepancy uh doesn't doesn't make sense to me. So it doesn't. I think there's uh, I can't find it. I don't have it pulled up, but they had a list of how many competitors won it. It was around three something in production and open, and I think standard has a few less. And then production optics light has around two, or sorry, production optics has two hundred, and light has maybe fifty or sixty. I think. Oh wow! So classic and revolver really low attended this year. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. U.S. isn't even sending a classic. Or a revolver team. No. No, we all pulled out. Uh, and, yeah, even uh, even there were some guys that, like, the I think the the, ma- the people who made the team uh, pulled out. And then I think even guys maybe that they, uh, I don't know if they tried to make another team or if they just said once once we all pulled out that they were just, yeah, we're not, not going to field a team. Which is, they can save yeah. money. I, I assume they're not giving you extra money for the classic team. Not, not come on there come on oh <laughs> uh, that's you know just 
Just thought I'd throw it out there. Um, yeah, and they're going to make sure I turn in receipts to cover to get that five hundred dollars after the match. Also, you have to turn in receipts. Yeah, dude. You're only getting five hundred. Yeah, for being on the team. We got five hundred dollars after the match for reimbursement. Uh, we're getting a pair of Hunter's HD Gold glasses that Brian has given us, and then we get two Techwear shirts. Holy crap! So, uh, I'm I actually think that uh, the the U.S. teams when the match was in Florida got yep. more money than that, or at least that much. Because uh, I wasn't on the the classic team for that match, but I'm pretty sure they got like five hundred or a thousand. <laughs> and then for France, every team member, um, on the on the men's side, this wasn't true for all. The, there was only I think one lady squad that was officially sponsored, um, but we got two thousand uh, dollars, and that was a that was contingent on you finishing the match. What? Yeah, I think if you I think if you didn't finish the match, I don't think you got money. Like I don't know that Rob got paid. Um I could be wrong. I could be That's wrong so on crazy. that. I could be wrong on that. Like but I, I think I feel like I remember it being contingent. Like we didn't get the money until after the match was over. Uh and you had to like complete the match. Um so but yeah, we got two thousand dollars. Uh so that uh Wow, it, but originally it was more than five hundred going to Thailand. No, it was five hundred. Oh well, we got the entry fee paid, so that's a that's another five hundred. Yeah, I thought it was like fifteen hundred. No, it was five hundred the whole time. Oh, they don't tell you that whenever you're trying to qualify for a team. <laughs> no, uh, that's information that comes out after you make the team and you, and after decide. you say you're going to be on the team, also. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I can't, so, I can't fault them though. Like there's what 50 or 60 people that are going to this match. They're paying for, I think it was 28, but now it's probably down since we don't have classic and revolver. Yeah. Uh, so they're paying for what 20 people now to go that made the teams. Yeah. So that's what? $10,000. Yeah. Be something like that. Um. So yeah, so, I can't find the breakdown of all the divisions or how many are in the divisions, but it's on the it's on the like the World Shoot Facebook page. It was posted at some point. It's like a screen cap. None of this is on the website. They haven't updated the website for weeks, and it doesn't look like they're going to. So yeah, that I mean, Ipsic is uh, like like they have I guess their own scoring uh program and like they basically refuse to use practice score. They do, um, yeah. And that's uh like they're behind the times on that. So I'm anybody who's uh we have some listeners uh from oh gosh, am I going to I'm going to try I'm going to guess the country wrong and it's going to be it's not Sweden. I don't think they were from Sweden. Thought it was Sweden. Maybe are they Sweden? Swedish? Maybe. Can we just call Jeff them? Knows. Uh, yeah, Jeff, where are they from? Uh, I think we have listeners in lots of the Scandinavian countries. Yeah, I feel like Viking has like sent out a call to his people, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and got people. I know Kaiser. I know Kaiser IPSC. Uh, this is um, 
is his handle, uh, but I can't remember. I know I've called him the wrong one, and he's he's corrected me before. <laughs> but oh, was it? It was uh, crap. Why See? did I even open my mouth? <laughs> yes, yes. So you can be wrong with me. I need I need company in being wrong. Wasn't it uh, Slovenia or something? Wasn't that what it was? I don't think so. I don't think that's right. But okay, forget I forget it. But I don't. But I'm not even making a guess at this point. So, <laughs> uh, so but it sounds like production optics has not been as popular in Ipsic, um as carry optics is over here. Well, I think the big thing about that is they didn't give the added capacity. It has the same 15 round limit that yeah. production has. You think you really think capacity was is that big of a? I do. Yeah, I really because, do. Because I mean, like capacity. Like if you're shooting standard, you're only getting 17 rounds over there. So correct. Um, the only division where you really and 15, 17. I mean, there is a difference, but it's not huge. Um, and so then really the only division where you have an advantage is open or where you have that, that large capacity. Um, so that's, yeah. Uh, so, well, minor, I think is going to be, it's going to be interesting this year, like Gaston shot Pan American and one shooting minor True. Mills just one limited shooting minor. So, Mm-hmm. I I highly doubt that he shoots minor at the world shoot though. I I am fairly certain. Uh, I mean, you never know what Nils is going to do, but I am I'm pretty positive he's shooting a 2011 uh, for that match. Well, he I did talk to him before, and he said when he signed up for Canik, he knew he was going to be at the next world shoot and standard defending his title. So he he got them to write that in. That yeah. he could use that gun, a twenty eleven for that match. Right. Yeah, yeah he was already so, on the US team. And he's yeah, not defending exactly. his title. Because Eric won the last one in France. Did he? Yeah, Eric shot standard. Uh Vogel was second and Nils was third. Okay. In France. Um but Nils won the one in, in US. But since Eric's not there and Vogel's not there, we can call Nils the defending. That's that's fine. He's, he was the next closest at that point. I'm fine with that. Uh, okay, so the standard U.S. team has yeah. – they, they have a team? They do have a team, yes. Okay, so it's Nils. Nils. We have Blake McGez. Okay. Tim Yackley. Okay. And Gorka Abanez. Okay. okay. I would guess that – Everybody but Tim originally qualified for that team. Um, I'm not sure about Gorka and how the the individual matches, but I know Nils and Blake did for sure. Yeah. But I'm sure Gorka was right up there. I just would have to go look at all the matches and see. Right. It makes sense that he was. Yeah, I think Shane was – I think Shane had made the team. Um Oh, that's interesting because I looked his name up because I thought he was on the team and he's not shooting it. Well, he just got married. So I don't, you know, I don't know if. uh, Well, I hope he told her that he's a USPSA shooter and shooter before they got married. So, (laughs) well, yeah, but, you know, like get married and then run (laughs) off to Thailand uh, like a couple weeks after you're married. Like maybe that might not go so well. 
Jesse and uh, Casey are doing that. Well, I mean, that's, a, I guess, a little bit different. They're both competing, I assume. Not true. Uh, yeah. So. Just think Mills, about that. You could get married and then USPSA would cover like 500 bucks of your honeymoon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, big Waffman, 500 bucks. Uh, I will say, I mean, Blake won the world shoot in standard the year, the match before Nils won. Uh, and Blake had a heck of a nationals. Um, he did. Yeah. Uh, he, he seems to come out of nowhere and shoot like these big matches and perform like he's been shooting the whole time. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's pretty amazing. I mean, cause you know, the dude's busy and he's not like, you know, he's not like, I, I mean, I guess he trains some to ramp up for, I assume he's going to train to ramp up for the world shoot a little bit, but not like he used to, uh, cause he used to shoot a lot. Um, and yeah, you know, that dude's busy, uh, and still just comes out and crushes it. Um, really impressive. He's, he's really fun to shoot with. Uh, the, the, the few times I've shot with him. Um, I mean, you know, he's a politician and so he can play that game, but he does seem genuinely, genuinely very nice. Uh, and, and, you know, he's got that, he's got that coon ass Cajun <laughs> accent, uh, that, yeah, you know, that's, it sounds like my wife's family. Uh, so it's, you know, <laughs> I, I like it, but, but he's a great, he's a good, he's a good dude from what I can tell. So I don't see any of the Glock people on the, on the list. Ashley's not on there. Hmm. I wonder if Glock decided we're not sending our, our people over there. Could uh, be. For whatever reason. Hmm. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Um, Okay, so open. Open. Who do we got? All right, so we got Christian Seiler, Chris Tilley, Casey Eusebio, and Bill Drummond. Okay. So no uh, JJ there either. Yeah, I think. Uh, I'm JJ was originally on the team. Um, he made the open team. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I thought I saw something that he was. I'm surprised that he's not going. I mean, being that he's from the he's just not an open. Okay. Well, so then, there right. we go. So so we got production optics heavy, which is the main production optics division. We have we have Luigi Lee, Kwanzaa Kim, David Murphy, and JJ Rakaza. So JJ qualified for the open team, made the open team. And has switched into production optics. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Why? I mean, we're just all speculation here. Why? And Jeff, since JJ is Jeff's favorite shooter, <laughs> Jeff, why do you think JJ would switch to production optics heavy? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to speculate, you know. Really? That's so boring, Jeff. Did wait, uh, did he did he like did he bump someone else off of that team or was there was there a slot available that he could just slide into? Uh, I mean like Um Max was originally on it. Max left over to go to light, so I guess yeah. technically there was a slot open. Okay. But normally in the past that always goes down to the next person in line. Right, that's um, what I was wondering. Is if it was there someone 
or were they just uh, no, the way no they did it? They took they took all basically the CO and the production optics divisions, and they combined your results. If you're shooting light or heavy at the IPSC Nationals, they took that was basically one qualifier. So you could shoot either division and get a qualifier for that. And then they took all the production optics shooters that wanted to slot and they gave, they just went straight down order. Like, do you want heavy? Do you want light? All the way down. And uh, Max had originally said heavy. So the, those four minus JJ and Max was on that team. And then I believe Ashley turned down a light slot. And then that went to, then that'd be like six, seven, eight, nine in the order were on the light team. And then a couple of those people like dropped out through the course of the years at this point that the match didn't happen. So, and then now we have the teams that we have. And so it actually turned into a pretty big mess uh, <laughs> with people dropping out and not knowing who wanted to go and what divisions It was all set up to be automated when they originally picked the teams and did all the qualifiers, but that was back in 2020, right? No, 2019 was the last. 2019 was the last year of qualifiers, yeah. Yeah, so that was, wow, that's a long time ago. This has been a five-year journey. Yeah, crazy long journey. Um, I'm just going to say it that uh, JJ didn't think he could beat Jorge and Christian Seiler in open, and he wanted another. He wanted a world title, so he's going to production optics oh, to go really? win a world title. That's like if I was if if I was going to speculate, okay, <laughs> just do it. I, I I would say that he was going to uh, to shoot a CO division because his open guns don't run very good. Well, that could be. I mean, that could be another factor there, uh, for sure. Well, that could be another factor, but um, yeah, I think he wants that. I think he wants that world title, and uh, even with an asterisk, I think this is the easiest way for him to uh, accomplish that. You think? And so? it's also so... it's also weird that Max would have switched to a different division and and JJ go to that. Uh, that that seems kind of that seems kind of funky. And there's like, I don't think JJ didn't really have an option in a Beretta to go to production light production. Oh, so that light. is weird. No, not at all. Because is, is Max, is his like signature gun? Does it fit into the, the light? It's too heavy. Right. It, his signature gun has the tungsten grip. So he just throwing yeah. a different grip module on it. Yeah. Okay. So it's technically not shooting his signature gun. That's Correct. interesting. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Hmm. I'm all, all about right. the speculation, and I, I'm fine yeah. with that. I think that's, I had another I think interesting great. thought. Let's hear it. Uh, well, now I can't remember it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff has been out Halloween hunting with his with his daughter. Yeah, and I'm pretty yeah. sure he's on a sugar high because he was probably ate like half the candy out of Thea's Halloween bucket. And he's just yeah. gone. Well, yeah. I've been <laughs> home about five minutes before we started this podcast. So there wasn't a whole lot of preparation. I left left the house at 
6.45 this morning, and I got home five minutes before we started this. That sounds like an excuse is what that sounds like. (laughs) After all the crap you gave JJ for making excuses last week, it sounds like we're getting excuses from you this week. Hey, I'm still here laying down a performance. Are you a professional podcaster or what? Oh yeah, that's true. I don't know if his if his if his signature line has pro podcaster on it. <laughs> I don't think that tier of podcaster exists in this industry yet. That's probably true. Not in this industry. I think that's I think that's true. Uh, professional podcaster in in US, that, not just guns. If you yeah if you yeah, that's small as USPSA. No, not in USPSA or anything. Yeah. What about Jesse? Jesse? I mean, the most professional one is probably Brian, and he doesn't do it for any money. Yeah. Right, yeah. The most right. consistent and probably the most variety of people is probably Brian's. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. But yeah, making making a like professional, yeah, get, making a living off podcasting. I mean, Jeff's working on it. Doing if it. he can get there, yeah. he's going to get there. Yeah, just a few more, uh, you know, Patreons and we'll be there, right? Speaking of, uh, don't you have to read that Patreon from today? Yeah, but first, let's get into our show sponsor for today, which is Shooter's Connection. Perfect timing. Right? Uh, Shooter's Connection is sponsoring today's show. Thank you, Shooter's Connection. Shooter's Connection is the one-stop shop for all your competitive needs. Um, I was just checking out their stuff, trying to find if they had like hipsic specific stuff or world shoot and everything. Um, so you go on there and get your uh, class. It's classics, yeah, the classic targets. Those are for the like hipsic specific, right? Mm-hmm. But dude, the other thing that I was noticing on here is like the variety of holsters and hangers that they have. Like if you just click on holsters, belts, mag pouches. And then just holsters. There's like there's like four whole pages of just like hangers and holsters. So if you're in the market for a holster or a hanger, ridiculous options available over Shooter's Connection. It is crazy. Like like when the Boss holster came out, the hanger, like yeah. I mean, like it was the option. Like there, there were kind of some other stuff out there, but really, like it was like the option. If mm-hmm. you weren't just gonna run like a factory blade tech or Comtech or something like that, and now yeah. you've got you've got tons of different. I mean, there's just so much more options out there, uh, especially the T1000, mm-hmm. which is still the coolest name for a, a holster right. hanger. Yeah, and I just group. mounted mine up the, the other day. I haven't got to like run it very much yet, but yeah, they do have the T1000 over there, Shooter's Connection. So go check them out. They're doing same-day shipping and uh, support them, support the podcast. Use the link in the description. would be much appreciated. Thank you. And now for our podcast shout-out. Shout-out from Billy McScrublord. Billy McScrublord has a shout out to CRO Marcel for winning open division at the local two gun match. Also, Jeff is a bitch, but not the Jeff Cawthon, some other Jeff. Thank you, Billy. (laughs) How much does that cost to do that? (laughs) 
Ten go bucks. check it out, Matt. <laughs> ten bucks a month? Uh, no, I yeah. think it's ten bucks a one-time. It, isn't it a ten dollar one-time fee, and then Jeff will give you shout-outs for the rest of eternity? No. Every episode? No, it's ten bucks a month. Oh, oh. okay, okay. Four episodes. Yeah. That's two fifty each. Yeah, for Hopkins is thinking out. about it. For two, like you'll say whatever. I, you'll say whatever. I have a disclaimer in there that I can choose not to say it with no refund. <laughs> That's not fair. On, depending on what you want me to say, if it's inappropriate, like I mean, we're pretty inappropriate anyway. But you know, if it crosses the line, I'm not saying it. Yeah, like, and whatever Jeff's line is. Well, yeah, what's that line? Give me an example it's, of something it's you probably won't say. different than Ben's line. I'm gonna guess it's a little different than Ben's line, but it's. It's also know. maybe not. Jeff's going to be pretty generous with that. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I feel like if you've listened long enough, you, you know the line. I mean, that's fair. And Or, you know, worst case scenario here, you put something up there. I read it. I say, no, I'm not saying that. Next week, you change it. Say something else. So you miss one week of shout out. Can I put a backup line in there? Like, if you won't yeah, say that one. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Definitely. Anyway, if anybody's interested in this, you can use the link to join the Discord. It'll be in the description. There'll be two options. One of them is just the Discord. And then one of them is you get the Discord plus the secret Discord channel where you put in your shout-out. And I read it, and you can go change it and, and all that. That's how it works. I think we just got more people interested in the in becoming Patreons of the Discord. That's that's what yeah. I think just happened. Because Hopkins just sent yeah. me like for two dollars and fifty cents, like I would happily get my Shout opinion out. out there. Yeah. Yeah. There's also how many listeners tens. you got? We get about a thousand an episode, I think. That's cheap. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. We got pretty good metrics. It's pretty good. Um, Jeremy, aren't you selling some hats or something as well? We do have hats. It's not this one. This is the OG hat. Uh, but we do have the Stealth Hit Factor hat. Um, again, if you want it, uh, send money to PayPal. Uh, $35, that includes shipping. Um, if once matches get going again in the, in the spring, uh, if I'm going to be at a match... Uh, that you'll be at i will i'll bring it to you and it's thirty dollars uh if i'm just bringing it to a match or something um i am hearing that your customer service is garbage though where did you hear that from <laughs> it may be true comments all over the internet i don't think there's comments all over the internet but uh yeah there has probably been a little bit of confusion um, I will say that like, I do not like shooters connection, like, like they ship same day and like they're, they're on that. Uh, I do not ship same day. Um, so I will, I will, if you buy a hat and you send money to my PayPal, I will get it, get eventually. it. I will get it shipped out to you fairly quickly, but it probably will not be that same day. I got to go like find a box that the hat will fit in. Like I got to source that like basically every time. And I go just find a box. 
Yeah. It's got to go. And then I, it's got to go craft a box out of. I mean, whiskey. almost, almost. Uh, <laughs> and then I got. Yeah, I mean, it, it's about an hour. Like it's about an hour out of outside of work to go ship for me to go ship a box. So if oh, that was yeah. money that I was putting into a gun, like it would cost a lot more than five dollars for shipping. So for thirty five dollars, they're getting like a hundred dollars worth of value. Yeah, I mean, like they're getting some, at least some, a heck of a deal to get to get a hat for that. Like that is a heck of a deal. Okay, uh, that's fair. We got some other team members here. So USPSA uh-huh. has a open senior team also. Okay. JoJo's on that. Jay Hirschberg, Layden, and Mel Rodero are on the, that team. Oh, okay. So there. I wonder, do the ads get extra money for this trip, or do they get the the five hundred or what? I don't know. That's There's only question. one ad going. No, Mel is area four area director. Not right now. Oh, I guess not yet. Yeah. He starts what first yeah. of the year? Yeah, January first. Um. So him and Layton can go discuss how they want to continue to run USPSA in the future. That's true. We've got Ladies Open. we got Jesse Harrison, Sloan Sanders, Megan Smiley, Janet, T-S-U-I. I would totally mess that up, so I'm not even going to Please try. say it. Yeah, no, you have to. That is part of being on this podcast. You have to try it. <laughs> Soy, 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 soy. I don't want to say suey. I think the T is silent, though. Yeah, I think it's suey. Just suey. Suey. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, ladies. Is there standard. another ladies? Okay. Yeah, Michelle Vascuzzi, Becky Yackley, Jessica Johansson, and then Karina Burns Randolph. So we're so, okay. sending two ladies, so there is a one Glock senior. There Not is anymore. One Oh, does Michelle oh, not shoot for, shoot Glock, for Glock anymore? anymore? No. Oh. She announced, I think, bef- a couple weeks ago that she's no longer on the team. Oh. After 10 years. She was on there for 10 years. So. It has been 10 years since Michelle has yep. been on Team Glock? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Cow. That is crazy. That's really well, crazy. that's interesting, I guess. Does she have There's a bunch sponsor? of individual shooters also, so... What do we send? One, two, three. From the U.S.? Yeah. Okay. John Fleiger, Eddie Garcia, Mike Ganera, Spencer Stein, Christopher Layden's son, Dominic Coe, Roy Stedman, Frank Garcia, James Ramos, Carrie Pearson, Joe Draghi, Maggie Reese Boyd, Claudia Vadenez. Jojo Vadania's uh, daughter, right? That does sound right, yeah. Bo Wang, John Copy, which is shooting revolver. What are the odds on he actually makes it through the match? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> shooting a left-handed shooting revolver. Oh, jeez. That's, that, oh, yeah, that should be interesting. Maybe he's, <laughs> maybe he's looking for a world title. Um, there are some really revolver solid international senior? revolver shooters um, out there. There's because in some oh, countries revolver is really popular. So you know, and so William Paulino, we got Kevin Leonhart, Morgan Leonhart, Karina Draghi, 
Nan Wang, John Haywood, Matthew Haywood, Kaylee Lane. Um, so wow. Tim is on the individual list, but he's on the standard list on the team and the squad list. Manny Bragg is on the team in this, but not on the team in the squad list. He's as an individual. So those two have switched. I mean, I and I also Manny. see that Yemen is going to be there as the president of USPSA. Yeah, he's he's the RD, right? He's the regional yeah. director. So we have Angus Hobdell that's there also as a U.S. competitor. He's not going to miss a match in Thailand of this. <laughs> you know that he is going to make that match. He's been there for a while. He shot the match in the summer, and actually post got a posted a 30, 30 some minute video that showed the range and like all the props they had. So. We've kind of had an inside look at what they what they're planning on doing for a little while. That's helpful with the Thai national match. Yeah. So, what are you doing for ammo? Taking it with me. Are you? Yeah. So, five hundred round match. Uh, you need you need about six hundred. Uh, for the match, yeah. Uh, you can't fit that into an. El- 11 I would box. hate. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, you might could go uh, like 95 grain bullets and, and make yeah. it. Yeah. For okay. Sure. So, the, like the, the IPSC Thailand, uh, they have been producing ammo, and this has been the longest ammo production process that I have ever seen because, <laughs> like, I'm still kind of clued in on the Facebook. Uh, yeah. shoot pages and stuff and so like they've been testing this ammo and like they've been i will say they've at least been showing their like results like hey they it seems like they have done due diligence on uh testing the ammo and like a bunch of different guns and like trying to trying to get it the you know as good as they can with different projectiles different powders and stuff and uh the problem is is the the ammo is rather expensive um was it a buck around is it is it that high i think the nine minor stuff was a little less than that maybe it was a dollar around uh so somewhere around that so it was a deal that like the major stuff is like two dollars around though yeah yeah and 45 the revolver load is like two dollars around jeez um holy cow Roy stedman is going i don't think i mentioned him yeah, you, you when you were doing reading the list off, you did. Um, June Kim is going. So yeah, like you're kind of like you're you're either going to um, stuff some extra light loads to make it under the eleven pounds into your ammo, uh, or you're going to have to purchase at least half of your ammo there, and you're going to have to shoot a match with ammo that you've not shot through your gun. And your match is going to cost you basically an extra four to five hundred dollars, if not more, uh, just to shoot the match and use the ammo. Yep. Matt or either yeah. one of you, when you're when you're flying like to a different country, do they like try to dig all the ammo out of your bag, or is it just like flying anywhere in the country? Usually, like, um, 
like it is here. You check in here, so and then once your like stuff's on the plane, no one's gonna dig that bag out in your layover airport and drag your ammo out of it, right? And and weigh it. So you put your two boxes on top, and then you you bury the rest. It's yeah. all there. Like it's not. Uh, and the and the ammo weight deal is a that's an airline. It's an airline thing policy. Yeah. That's not like you're not like the weight. I'm not of the breaking ammo any laws doing breaking it. No. The law, yeah. Right? Like that. That's just an right. airline policy as far as as far as yeah. what you're doing with that. Um, so, which I'm looking like, here. Why do and, they care? Why do they care? All right, that's a great question. Like if if Who your bag meet, meets the correct weight, why? Like why? So purely an airline thing because Alaska Airlines has a totally different weight limit. It's like forty-five pounds for Alaska. Yeah. It, it's Koji, a, it's Koji always flies Alaskan Airlines because they fly out of Seattle. Yeah. And and so he can get on with whatever he wants. So a question interested. is: Is the abbreviation for Russia RSA? I always thought it was RUS. What's RSA? Uh, I don't know. They have 84 competitors. That's quite a bit. Uh, uh, Republic of I South Africa? That could be it. South Africa has a big... They have a huge number of people, right? Yeah. I'm looking it up. Well, it's an algorithm. Rives Shamir Aldeman. Let's try. Yeah, it looks like it's South Africa. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, so there's no Russian. I looked up the country code. There's none registered. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, Is there – those are the only two – there's a standard and an open women's team? Correct. Okay. It looks like there's a PO light women's team also, but – I've heard there's some schedule conflicts with that, so there might not actually be. And they only have three people on it, so if one of them drops, there's no way they'll be able to make a team. Yeah. I remembered what I was going to ask earlier, and it was, is CO, like, has it blown up in, like, the rest of the, the world as much as it has here? Not that I, I don't think so, no. That's why I was trying to find the breakdown of what what divisions were going to be recognized and how many all the teams were going to be recognized. I don't see it now, though. Yeah. Because that would be interesting if, you know, if, if JJ was going over to shoot CO because he thought that might be an easier win. Like, if, you know, if, if that division was stacked in the rest of the world as much as it is here, I wouldn't think that would be the play. To go to go get a an easier win, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, speculation, of course. I'm trying to see what. I mean, typically the rest of the world, unless you know their name, like the Americans are the 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 Heat for that division. 
Like that's, I mean, that sounds super arrogant. Uh, yeah. But that's like the, the best shooters. The best shooters in the world are basically coming from the U.S. Is Eduardo de Carbos shooting this match? Oh, Matt's not listening. I'm searching. I'm searching. Oh, that's okay. Because I, I didn't he shoot? I thought he shot standard against uh, Gaston at Pan American. That's kind of what I thought. Because I was a little bit surprised that, that Gaston beat him shooting minor. Um, I could be wrong though. Uh, I'm not sure. I know Gaston's been playing with the production gun lately, also though. Um. Bro Texon and Cahill are shooting standard from the Philippines team. So okay. those two will probably finish pretty high in standard. I thought Texon, I thought that kid was moving to the US. He was only here for a couple months. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, he's supposed to be, I mean, I've, I haven't ever really seen his match results, but he's supposed to be really good. He's very good. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Filipinos had a really strong classic team at the last world shoot. And I think they're going to have at least a couple of really solid guys shooting classic this year. Um, uh, okay. I'm trying to so, see where Gaston's at. Jeff, are you picking, who are you picking to win open Christian or Jorge or the field? Uh, I don't, I don't know anything about Jorge. This is the first I've heard of this name. He won the last world shoot for Open. He's very good. He beat JJ. How old is he? How old is he? Um, I don't actually know that. I think he's younger than JJ, but he's okay. not. He's not as young as Christian. Gotcha. World shoot Thailand. Jorge. Where's he from? Spain, right? Ballesteros is his last name. I'm pretty sure yeah, it's Spanish. I think so. Hmm. Hmm. Man. How much did he He's win by? He's from here? Spain. He's from Spain. Uh, it, was, he be, it was. He, he, he beat JJ in the last one? Is yeah. That what you said? Him, and J, him and JJ were the. Like the. I don't know if there's anybody closer than that. They were the two duking it out. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was twenty thirty points I think in the end. It was it was close enough that it was basically down to the last stage, and then I think JJ had to try and do some crazy. Eduardo stuff is shooting stage. production. Eduardo Cobos shooting production. Okay, so I mean, if if you've got Gaston shooting production, Eduardo shooting production, uh, and then Mason and Sal and. Casey, I mean, production's gonna be production's gonna be like it all it normally is. Gaston uh, signed up for standard. Oh, he is signed up for standard. But he's been playing with production. I don't know why, but interesting. Maybe he's gonna shoot minor. Uh, he will. He will. Yeah. Is that a is that purely a tactical thing on his part, or is just getting minors just so much easier to get in Argentina? No, I think he chooses it. I think he can shoot it better. From what I've heard him explain it, he thinks it's a, it's not that big of a disadvantage. Yeah. In Ipsic. 
yeah, you actually have a uh, better percentage round count compared to to major. You can usually get about three or four rounds more. So with the lower round count in major, like 17, 18, right. it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, if you're getting 20 or 21 mm. yep. with 9 millimeter. Yeah, especially on some of those medium courses. Uh, yeah. You get, possibly get by without any sort of mag change. And at 17, you're in a, a big field course, you're much more likely to do two mag changes versus one if you've got 20 or 21. And he says he can shoot the guns faster also. I believe that. I, I agree with that statement. Um, like, it, I don't, it's not a, I don't, some people say that, like, like, you can shoot major or minor, like, you just shoot the exact same splits, and you'll shoot the exact same number of points down, as far as, like, this exact same number of Charlies, um, like, on paper. And I, I think I can shoot, personally, I can shoot a 9 millimeter faster and get more alphas. Uh, now is, is it half the number of Charlie's probably not half the number of Charlie's, but I can get more, more alphas, uh, faster with a minor gun. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I don't totally, I don't totally disagree with him there. Um, now you start adding a bunch of movers and stuff like that, which, I mean, I know France was extremely mover heavy. Um, Oh, there's 30, a lot. I counted up that pre-match Angus shot. I think there was 13 swingers in 30 stages. Well, there was more than that at World Shoot uh, in France. In France, we had, like, over 30 stages. We had at least, like, there were over 30 movers uh, in France. There were a ton of movers. So you start throwing in movers, and that's, to me, where major starts becoming much more, having a, a, a bigger advantage over minor. Um, if they're if they're tough at all, if they're hard movers, they will be. Yeah, I, I would assume that they will be. Uh, the world shoot is 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 a hard match. It should be one of the hardest matches you ever shoot, uh, and that's that's usually how it goes. Um, so, other than the match, I mean, you are obviously you're cramming everything in into as a few days off from work. Like, what are you most looking forward to in Thailand? I've never been there, so I don't really know. Yeah. Like, I have no idea. I'm going in there with pure. So, I actually shoot day one through five, all in a row. We shoot all oh, in a really? row. Yeah, okay. so we start PM, AM, PM, AM, PM. And then cool. the sixth day, we have off. Yeah. So, we'll have off, and then we have award or shoot off, and then awards, and then I fly out. So, I'll get a whole day, I think that Friday, before the awards and everything, that I'll be able to go explore or do anything like that, so. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I've never been there. I I can honestly tell you I've been so busy that I haven't even been able to like go look and see what to do. So are you staying in a resort? I'm in a hotel. Oh, not really? a resort. Okay. Uh I mean like it's one of the largest resort towns in the world, is my understanding. Um mm. it's also the largest uh has the largest red light district, is that what they call it? Uh oh, yeah. in the world there. Um, so there's, there's lots of that going on, but like, like if you Google like Pattaya, uh, Thailand, it, it comes up just, I mean, just absolutely beautiful beaches, uh, and resorts there really cool. So, I mean, I was, I was looking forward to that part of it. Um, but you threw in all the extra stuff and I was like, yeah, not worth it. Yeah. Um, but should be fun. Uh, I know France, like just getting to kind of 
the cool thing about France is it wasn't in a typical tourist spot, which I actually liked because you kind of got to experience France on kind of just like a, what is, what is France like? Not what is Paris like? Yeah. Uh, and that, that was pretty cool. So. Well, cool. It'll uh, be challenging and it's, they're 11 hours ahead of us. Yeah. So right now it is tomorrow. It's November 1st. And it's October 31st right now, so 11 hours ahead. So the time difference will be interesting. That's always a change. Whatever host country has an advantage no matter what. Yeah. Or host continent or region, I guess. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because I did not sleep on the plane on the way to France. Like, I just, I tried and I couldn't and... So then I was, by the time I was walking stages, I'd been up for like 30 plus hours and I was trying to like walk stages and do equipment check. And I actually don't think I'm going to get to walk the stages. I mean, there's not, I I think that's okay. And, and well, it only, it only be a disadvantage on the first six. Right. And, and I can get there. So we shoot PM that first day. I can get there in the morning and look at them. So I think that's okay. And then every other day I'll look at them before or after i shoot so i'm not super worried about that and the other the other good thing is that you're on a team so like yep like if if you don't have a plan going in like your team is gonna share that plan i i I don't know how much max will talk with you guys like i just don't know i I think Uh, it'll be good i've been texting him i think it'll be good so we actually have we got so lucky so it's the po light team then we have the three ladies that are also shooting PO light. And then we have Morgan and Kevin Leonhardt. So we actually have oh. nine U.S. competitors on the oh, wow. squad of 15, I think. Okay. No, that's awesome. it might be 16 on that. So we have a huge advantage at that. So we'll be able to share and talk to people. And yeah. we'll be able to help police the, uh, the other squad members from yeah. doing anything crazy. Yeah. So that so that's like so you don't have to like if you don't have your own specific plan you will at least have a plan to use yeah and somebody can and we'll it. be able to figure mover timing out a lot easier that way yeah I know that uh, our first day at the world shoot obviously like so in Ipsic you cannot pre walk stages you can look at them from the back of the bay but you can't get on them and then you get three minutes for a short course four for a medium course and five for a long course is that correct. I think it depends. I think they might have all went to all four minutes per oh, okay. stage. I'm not sure. It okay. just depends. Um, so first day for us, we were – this is in France at the World Shoot. It ended up like I was shooting like second or something like that, like second stage of the match. I was shooting second, and it was it was a stage that had the Cooper Tunnel, if you remember that one. Um, and it was a bit of a – it was a little bit of a memory stage. And Ipsic is normally like the nice thing about Ipsic is normally the shooting challenges are pretty well in front of you. Like there's not, there's not a lot of like figure out just how do I figure out where all the targets are. And this one was just, this one was a little bit of that. And, and being a Cooper tunnel, like you could really kind of only get one or two person on the, on the stage at a time. So you got like one, maybe two looks at it and that was it. And I was like second up and I go to Randy Arrowwood, like, dude, I don't even know where all the targets are. Do you have a plan? And he was like, yes. And so he told me what his plan was. And 
I don't think I ever even walked the plan and just went and shot the stage. Um, so you definitely have to have, you have to visualize quite a bit in Ipsic. Yes. Because there'll be some stages where you have 16 people on the squad and they put you in a boat like a, or a wobbly bridge or something. Six people get to go do the walkthrough on it. And they're like, who's up? Yep. They don't even care. Nope. <laughs> no, they don't care about that. Like if you get a look or not and like, and you will get like the, the thing that you have to do in Ipsic is sometimes you got to be a jerk because there'll be somebody that'll get on that stage. Like say that you have like a boat or a wobbly bridge and they'll stand up there like they're trying to figure everything out. And it's like, dude, get out of the way. Like you got your 10 seconds. Everybody else needs their 10 seconds too. And you almost have to push them out of the way or they'll just sit there and, and take up all the time. Yeah. It's kind of nuts that way. Yeah. Mm, that sounds it's, stressful. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely I mean, different than USPSA where you can go look at the stages, get your plan, memorize it, go back and make sure everything's there. It, it's much faster paced on that. And then usually about one or two days in every, all the plans are figured out and shared with everybody. So it's not too much of a surprise. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of cool because it's a different skill that gets tested. Uh, like it, you, you don't get all of this. Um, well, it's just, you don't get all of this. Like you don't get just a million reps as much as you want on the day before. And then also you don't at make ready. You don't get your site picture either. So you got like, somebody like a Max Michelle that goes up and like they will dry fire that stage. If it's a short stage, he'll dry fire the stage three or four times before he ever shoots it. Right. Ipsic, you don't get to do that. It is just like you walk up, you see a stage. Okay. I know where the targets are. And then you go shoot it and there's no dry fire. There's no nothing. Yeah. It's Um, stand and deliver. You don't have to, I've been doing that locally ever since CO nationals. I've been doing that like no site pictures as much as possible. I went out and tested my ping pong ball to make sure it worked that I have in my bag in case it rains for the optics. So, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm taking a ping pong ball with me, which is nice. So you have to, I'm trying to think about any of this stuff because I'm going to have such limited time on the ground there before the match. Like I can't go buy an umbrella, buy a chair or go to the range and then realize I need something else. Like I got to try to basically plan it all out beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. And I would assume down there it's going to rain. 100%. You have to plan for that. Yeah. I am going to buy an umbrella in country, though. I'm not going to travel with one. I, yeah, I just hope your Google Google translator works. I don't know. Dude, I'm just going <laughs> to flash U.S. money around and just and point at photos. And, <laughs> right. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, it should work. No problem. I'm just going to plan it on the ground when I get there. It's good. Yeah. I think that's, I think Uh, that's smart. That's a good plan for success. Yeah. Well, Matt, uh, we wish you the best of success over there. I hope you make it there and I hope you get to come back into the country. Um, I hope I'm going to get back to the U S somehow. I might be stuck in an airport, but I'm going to be on U S soil. I hope so. You know, I hope you don't become somebody's Nancy boy or whatever they call those things over there. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so I hope I hope you get back. And we will definitely need to do a uh, an after report of the match. Uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So thanks for coming on and uh, giving us a rundown on who's on squad list and all that sort of stuff. Because yeah, we were 
we were going blind. Um, they didn't make it easy to find, so I figured I'd try to help out a little bit. Yeah, that is that is very helpful. So yeah, and if people that. have more questions on that or for you, do you have a way you want people to get a hold of you? Yeah, or just not. post them on Discord. I'll see them on there. Okay, perfect. What is your name on Discord so they can at you? I'm not saying that. <laughs> he's probably like one of the usuals. Yeah, he's somebody. Yeah, somebody's name that we don't know. And uh, yeah, that's probably true. He's gonna. Uh, he's signing up for Patreon. He's gonna be the next <laughs> our next Patreon. I can already tell, dude. That's so cheap. Two fifty for a thousand people. Come on, that's so cheap. Don't tell Jeff cheap. that. Hey, don't tell. He's now. It's now just went up to twenty dollars. Hey, there's only ten slots available for that shout out. So, if it. Hey, so if I buy all ten slots, can I then resell them to someone else? Ooh, no. Yeah, yeah. There's only ten <laughs> slots. We're good. You got Jeff. I mean, I I guess I guess you could. I buy all ten slots and get ten shout outs. Well, nine. There's we've got one guy that's already, so you'd get nine. Okay. Yeah. That you could buy up. I mean, Jeff's like. I mean, at that point, Jeff, like you're getting your money. Whatever you ask, you're getting your money. Yeah, that that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't, I guess I don't really care. I mean, they're short shout outs. You know, it's like one sentence. That's that's a shout out. That's it's not a thirty second ad. But if I have but nine if you bought, of them, I'd have nine sentences. That's two. Exactly. Paragraphs. Yeah, then you then you yeah. would have a full ad slot. Boom! Hey, you game the there system, Matt. I, I <laughs> we're gaming it. it, yeah. Or you could uh, just pay for an ad slot. <laughs> that too sounds like the Patreon <laughs> would be cheaper. No, no, we're cheap. We don't cost. Uh, yeah. So that being said, if you want to join Discord, the link will be in the description. Also. If you're not in the Discord, you want to send questions to us, you can email us. Or if you want to work with us, be a, be a partner on the podcast, you can email us at thehitfactorpodcast at gmail.com. So there's that for you. Um, email PayPal Jeremy, and his customer service will get back with you on hats. And that's all I got. You got anything else? Nope. All right. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for coming, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Jared, take us out. Stop recording, damn it.